The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat and Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Chris Baca here. Jared just bounced. He's got some things to be taken care of, things to be done, things that he's got to do. He's a really busy guy. He manages a team of about five million people, and they're uh, you know they're out to change the world. And we're hoping that you can be a part of that. So, back by popular demand, Charles Jack in the building. Chuck Jack is back. I'm gonna slide this toward you. Can you hear yourself in there? No. You can't, right? You can't. What's happening right now? I'll tell you what's happening. Microphone's not on. On button. Dang. Nailed it. I'm there. Boom. I'm going to leave that in. (laughs) I'm not even going to edit that out. I think that's fucking fantastic. That's just how it goes. Sometimes I forget to turn the microphone on. (laughs) You know, that's. I'll take that on me as the tech guy. Uh, what do you call it? audio technician? <laughs> it's uh, AV. I'm AV guy. Yeah. Well, like I said, thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like everything you said, you said that nobody heard. You said the most profound shit yeah. ever. Just lost. If you're watching this in video form, which you should definitely check out, if you're hearing this, you will actually be able to hear what Chuck oh, said yeah, because there right. maybe there, maybe there'll be some audio salvaging from the camera. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get you on the podcast before you took your break actually it's yeah, not even a break yeah. it's not even a break it's something interesting i just kind of want to talk about it yeah. for a second because it's kind of one of those things jared you and myself we all have these different dreams that we want to come through through yeah. running an organization like this and like there's something that oh i think this could be value to the organization but also be a value to my personal life and one of yours is is working abroad yeah so you're gonna bounce for a while yeah for kind of like the middle of february to the middle of march uh i'm gonna be working remotely and with my wife and daughter in new zealand um for the month so the idea i mean in the future i think it will be uh, more centered around being in like latin america south america potentially africa uh like coffee uh, producing area, yeah, regions, producing yeah. regions so that I can be based there and then visit our farmer producer partners in the area. Um, this will kind of just be more of like a test, uh, test version this year. And see what, how it goes. what about getting away for a month gets you like juiced up? Man, I, I've always loved traveling and I just like being in a new place, kind of like the perspective it gives you. For I sure. Think people who, spend all their time in the u.s in the same place in the same city you lose there's like there's a vitality to being in different places and interacting with people from different backgrounds and different cultures and um yeah it just gives you different perspectives on this crazy life yeah it's it's almost like the more extreme example of how your brain gets wired and you know how when people are saying like oh if you want to just kind of 
supercharge some of your neurons, like take a different path to work in the morning. Yeah. You know, you drive the same path every day. Maybe go a different way, go around about, even if it takes longer. It's like, I love it. It's so cool. You come, you learn so much when you travel, even if you don't know it yet. Yeah. And you yeah. just come back with a different, different vibe. Yeah. For me, just personally, it's been really, you know, <clears throat> my first big trip was I like backpacked six weeks through China uh, when I was in college with a friend of mine. And that was just like so eye-opening to me and character developing. And I think just like there's so much you can learn about yourself when you're in those kinds of situations. Yeah. So it's it's funny. It's been funny for me to find where I fit into that thing. So I'm going to be going to Origin in March. Yep. And then the added added level is that is like, Outside of things like that, like coffee growing countries, I really like doing the urban adventure. Yeah. Like I'm not the backpack guy, but I want to be like thrown into the middle of New York City or Tokyo and just have to figure it out. See the energy. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Like crazy just, energy. I want to pick up on the energy and you could totally throw me in there without a phone. Like as long as I have a camera, something yeah. to document with, like I don't even, you know, I'll take it without the maps and use that to just, yeah, just I, get hyped, dude, I, you know? I dig that too. Like... We we ended up in New Zealand for this trip, but I other options were like Copenhagen or some like places like that that are like really cool, kind of be like cool urban environment and things like that. So, so many things. Yeah, it was definitely it was one of my biggest goals for this year was to make this happen. And just with business realities later in the year, it was if it was going to happen at all, it had to happen earlier in the year. Had to happen now. Yeah, dude, I have a question for you. Oh, which is potentially potentially relevant to our <laughs> to our listeners. So I'm going to Origin and then I started reading up on all the cool like things that I need to go to Origin. So when we went to Guatemala yep. a couple years ago or whenever it was, I didn't get any shots and I didn't get any things oh, yeah. and but I remember the first time I went to Colombia, I think I got maybe MMR or yeah, measles, measles mumps, mumps and rubella. Yeah. Like what do you need like what's the kit look like to to go yeah what's the recommended you've traveled more than yeah totally any of us and man it was a while since i had that conversation with my doctor um but and i recommend everyone have the conversation with your doctor okay that's the medical uh, disclaimer you heard it here first disclaimer i am not a doctor (laughs) chuck is not a doctor (laughs) (laughs) but uh there's some uh some hepatitis um right there's i mean there's a lot of different hepatitis there's some hepatitis ones that you might want to get that are related to uh, like cleanliness of water um when I was in Africa, they want you to get like the yellow fever okay. vaccine, which I I got it when I was in Ethiopia, and they, it was like super funny. They like pull it out of this fridge that's like not connected to electricity. You got the vaccine like, in yeah. Ethiopia? It's just I'm been like, sitting there for a couple of years. I don't know how effective it's this like is going to be. <laughs> a nice warm vaccine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not a doctor, but questionable. A little stressful. Uh, yeah. So th- there's things like yellow fever. There's, um, you know, I think one of the hepatitis. There's, um, yeah, I don't know. Some of the some of the gnarly things you can encounter there, though. There's no there's no vaccines for right. M- like I've had malaria. It right. sucks. You just can't do <laughs> anything can, about it. You can do about it. Um, yeah, it's protecting it. Some of those mosquito-borne things. Yeah, now there's a Zika thing. Yeah, right. Zika, which... So I'm kind of curious about Zika. So Jenny and I aren't planning on having any kids, but what is what does it look like if you're not? Like, what's the lead time? Like, let's say I went and got Zika. Yeah. Then what's the safe? Is there a safe zone? Yeah, we've talked about that because my wife and I are trying to grow our family, and so like if you go on travel websites and look at Guatemala. They'll say, like, Zika outbreak, if you're pregnant, it's not recommended. 
And then my doctor, again, I'd ask everybody to go investigate their own sources, but my doctor said, like, if you're thinking of, uh, you know, trying to be pregnant or have a baby, um, you know, as a guy or a girl, because it's sexually transmitted, right. um, that it's kind of like a six-month period, but they don't know um, specifically. So um, anyone who's thinking about, uh, you know, growing their family, it's kind of... Um, the safe thing to do is like uh, six months. Six months. Yeah. It's funny because I did go on because even though we're not trying to have a kid, I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I know that about you. I went on the I went on the CDC website and I was looking into it and it said the same thing. It said there's that six month window, yeah. but the wording that it used was like, "Do not engage in sexual activity for six months." But it was ambiguous as to whether or not it meant strictly because of pregnancy or there's just like don't don't have sex for six months no matter what or you're screwed that's a bummer i know but i was just like <laughs> yeah because yeah, right, there are those things yeah that maybe people don't think about and so that, was that just, it's like it's like a really small percentage chance but it's something that is a real that has been a reality for people that have traveled there it'd be interesting to talk to someone like noah who all he does mm, is travel yeah. and figure out what his kit or what his regimen is. Yep. Like, does he have like a thing on the calendar where it's like every year I re-up on this, that, I don't need this, and this, and this is the thing. Yeah, a lot of the vaccines and stuff like that, you get them once and they're good for like ten, five, ten years, oh, okay. stuff like that. So, so I probably don't need anything. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm chill, right? Yeah. yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, you're, you're going to be solid. It's going to be no big deal. Yeah. I'm going to be out there. Yeah, the things that can get you, you can't, like dengue fever, <laughs> malaria. <laughs> Got the, All the dengue. <laughs> yeah. There's some good stuff. I West want, Nile. I don't want the West Nile. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any of that yeah. stuff. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like diseases. You know, cover up. You know. Yeah. Uh, mosquito repellent. Yeah. What? It, th- that's the. That's my. That's where I'm screwed, dude. Because I don't like chemicals on my body either. So uh, yeah. I need to find some With like you. all natural stuff that probably yeah. doesn't work yeah. that I can rub on myself to yeah, long keep the pants, mosquito away. Like it's uh, dusk is like. The, That's probably the time. when I got malaria. Do I need like a face net? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a face net with some glasses? <laughs> traveling. Traveling to origin. Looks sharp. I'm really curious for everyone listening here. Um, obviously, we're going to bring a camera to origin, but I've been kicking around some ideas in my brain about how to capture origin. And I really want to stay away from that cliched, like, this is a coffee and this is a coffee farmer. Not, not that it's not yeah. awesome, but I feel like there's more going on there. And some of it's undercover. So if there's stuff that some of you want to hear about or really pointed questions that you have about coffee, coffee growing, coffee origin, coffee farms, send us an email and send it over to podcast at catandcloud.com. Yeah. I think generally you do a really good job of telling stories and connecting it in a way that's like fun and interesting. So I... I, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate I that. That's why I won the Spreggy <laughs> Award for best video. <laughs> Which shout out to anybody who voted in that. I'm, yeah, that was really cool. I'm super pumped. I didn't. I, I was even more pumped that I didn't like ask a, like vote for me or anything like that. So I was I was really excited and super honored to get it. So everybody out there who decided to vote for me, I really appreciate that. You know, I, I have fun on the YouTube. It's yeah. good, good time. You do good work. I'm having a good time. But I'm always curious as like what other people want to know because I know I get yeah. in my own zone. So yeah. we love suggestions. And another thing we love are articles. Yeah. Chuck sends over the articles. You send over a lot of articles. Yeah, I read a lot and it's stuff I think is interesting for everybody and then we can talk about it. I was compelled to email you back this time because 
I just wanted to let you know that most of the time you send the articles and then I read them, but I don't actually email anything okay, back because cool, that's, that, yeah. that's like not really my thing. I just like the less email for me, the better. But I look at them. So this one, I just was like, ah, he sent a few over. It's yeah. probably about time to say like, hey, thanks for sending cool. these. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So the article in question, and you get this, you got this off a link from James Hoffman's yeah. Uh, yeah, newsletter. Dude, totally. People the, should subscribe to that. He throws out some good info. Just look at James Hoffman, okay? Look at that. The thing I hate about most about James Hoffman is like he's got that beautiful head of hair <laughs> yeah. that I really, yeah, I, I, I really I'm want. Yeah, too, oh, I was. I've said it before. I always there's something about a man with gray hair. It's just so sophisticated. And even when I was younger, I remember in high school thinking about wanting to go gray and how cool it would look because i did have Silver one fox yeah i had one um teacher in high school and then one professor in college who just had the the gq look with the gray hair and he styled it but sadly that didn't happen my hair is just starting to thin it's still the same color <laughs> i get to gray someday i might know? get to gray. i think by the time i get to gray i probably won't have any hair yet so you. yeah look at james hoffman i like the way he writes about coffee i like his perspective he does his own little thing yeah so this is an article from united baristas blog which yeah. we both have up here yeah and we we're trying to it looks like it's a kind of like a baristas organization in uh, the uk Somewhere we tried to find exactly. I don't know who it is. Who wrote it or? Yeah, I clicked the about tab and then it didn't really. It didn't tell me who you were, which I I I want to know who writes these articles. Yeah, exactly. Not just these articles, but any articles. I think it's. I feel more connected to a piece of work if I know who wrote it. Yep. If I can I just find them, I don't know. So this is an article about how baristas can get paid more. Yeah, the article is called "How Baristas Can Get Paid More." It talks about. Um, kind of really productivity issues related to cafes and the coffee business. And yeah, we can just kind of run through it. I mean, it talks about how hard people work in cafes and how, right, everyone... How not a lot of money they get. Yeah, there's not a lot of money to go around. Um, people work really hard. It kind of gets into the idea of productivity and like how other industries and other businesses measure productivity. You know, one of the things that threw out is like at Google, right, it's like... The average employee, what is it? It's they make two million dollars in revenue per employee. Right. So, what, why don't we just define productivity really quickly? Yeah. As per the totally. article. So, per the article, they talk about kind of how productive the average cafe worker is, and the metric they throw out is gross profit per transaction. So, I was thinking about that. I actually think the proper metric and something we kind of look at is gross. It's similar. Is gross profit per labor dollar so like right how much each employee generates is contributing yeah okay and i think that is a little bit better metric than the one they talk about in the article just because gross profit per transaction can be swayed by seasonal factors like you could like uh november versus december for us we sell a lot of merch and whole bean in december our average tickets are higher in December. It could look like your employees are more productive in December, mm. but it doesn't really relate to productivity. It's more of like a seasonal uh, aspect. So, like you weren't really more productive in like system, like system wise or labor wise, you weren't necessarily more productive. I would argue in December than November. Your your just average ticket was like a little. It was more average ticket. More people were affected. buying more things. Yeah, oh, and less to do with like. 
um, how productive you were from like a labor point of view. And if you have that, if you're um, comparing it per transaction, does that take away some of the, how am I trying to say this? Like, does that account for differences in the labor being paid to different people? If you have different people on the floor at different pay rates? Yeah, they kind of lump it all in together and... Um, yeah, usually it's kind of all looked at, you know, I find maybe over time we kind of look at it on like a monthly basis and just the labor that it takes to run a cafe. Um, you know, within that you can start to break down like team leader, coordinator, concierges, um, support, um, kind of in how we define cafe positions. Um, but really, I mean, ultimately you want to understand what it takes to run your cafe as a whole. Right. So they're saying they have, they have like their death loop over here, yeah. Right? Yeah, and just to, just to like throw out numbers, I could yeah. you know, I could, throw out some, like, I could throw out our numbers. Let's and do it's some like, role playing. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I can tell you our numbers, and they're not gonna really be relatable to your business. I'd encourage you to figure out what those numbers are with your business, and it's less about a specific number and more about how that number tracks over time. So for our part, Portola Cafe, um, that productivity metric is two. Two. And so it's roughly... For every employee... For every dollar... For every of, dollar, we're generating two dollars. Of like gross profit. Right. Or like margin contribution, profit contribution, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to call it. It's that good old one to two espresso brewing ratio. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, you can... So really, I'd encourage people to track that number over time for you and to look at ways... As you increase that number, um, you're becoming more productive, and if as that number goes down, you're less productive. Is that a metric that we track on a regular basis? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Yep. It's something we look at again. It um, is pretty stable for us um, over time, but it's a it's a it's a big part of this article, and in specifically the title is like, how can baristas get paid more? Well, really, it's it's how can we increase that number and then raise wages accordingly, right? To make someone more productive, because they're arguing that it's as, not like skill or talent that is yeah. going to make you earn more money or give you the capability to earn more money. It's being more productive. Yeah, in, that's increasing that's, that yeah, pull. Totally, that's like exactly what the kind of article talks about, and that's where they talk about people make more money at Google than they do in a cafe because but don't you think that there's more <laughs> at stake there like in the sense of it's kind of like this all right people pay a certain amount of money for coffee or it's culturally acceptable to pay x amount of money or pull out x amount of money and spend it at a cafe yeah to where it's say your average ticket is seven dollars yeah. at the cafe that you work in it's not as simple as being like cool let's just get everyone who comes in the door to make a $20 contribution yeah. because with something like a tech company, let's say Google, you're creating new products that maybe didn't like exist before. You're creating new algorithms to doing new work. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people don't hold coffee in that same value system. Yeah, totally. And I think different industries, right? I mean, it's, it's why people get paid what they get paid. It's why people make more money in tech than they do in coffee. It's, right. it's a direct result of that kind of productivity per employee. If each employee at Google is producing $2 million in revenue, it's like, uh, you know, and each employee, they, they cite in the article that like roughly in coffee, it's kind of like, 
each employee maybe like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Right. You know, so dwarfed in comparison. Yeah, that's just the like economic realities of the different industries. And we talked about this before in our meeting when we were kind of talking about this is even departments within coffee companies will have different productivity. Right. Right. So because so our example that we used was the roastery or wholesale department, yep. that number is higher than in yeah. retail because you can you're more productive because there's less labor, really. Yeah. Like you're leveraging off kind of like the fixed assets. You're leveraging off your roaster. Um, generally, uh, generally, most coffee roasters aren't operating at full capacity in Correct. the roastery, right? So you don't need to add a new one if your pounds go up. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, uh, yeah, you're just leveraging off that that roaster, the person roasting, so you can add pounds without having to increase labor in like a direct result. Yeah, and you have to add a decent amount of pounds to actually justify hiring that one other person yeah. who's going to work in the roastery yeah. to do bagging or whatever. Yeah. You really just have, yeah. Yeah, so it's like kind of the wholesale plus roastery is like a more more productive department uh, or higher productivity department. And then you can talk about something like web sales as potentially being an even higher productivity right, department. It could theoretically be run by one person. Although, how do you track, and then some of that gets crossed over with the roastery, because there's a shared packing and shipping kind of thing, right? Yeah, you could like yeah. separate it out. You would have to separate it out. Based on like sales contributions and things. Yeah, you could separate it out, but it, there's like a s- small packing component, but then, um, you know, just generally you're charging retail prices on a website versus charging wholesale prices through wholesale. So right, so the margin's higher. Your margins are higher, your productivity is going to be higher. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I thought... All of this was interesting in the sense of I had never thought about it in this way. Like, I never thought about productivity in that way. And I was really curious as I was reading this article to see what the end game was. Like, what can we do? And (laughs) you're waiting for like some really cool suggestions. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And I was kind of let down because there weren't really any. Totally. They, Actually, I, in the effort of being completely fair, I, there were three. So we're going to read those right now, and I'll, I'll pull them up. Yeah, and we can talk about them because I've got some idea. Like, yeah. We can talk about like within each area. I want to hear. So some... their bullet points were, number one, doing less, removing unprofitable parts of the current proposition. Number two, charging more, basically increasing revenue per unit of work. And the third thing is being more efficient, which is achieving more. Yeah. per unit of work so i mean these aren't earth-shattering ideas but I, yeah and i think that is the challenge in like a cafe environment is how do you really increase productivity i don't think there's really been any huge um probably productivity increases in the last 10 years right because if you take the example of doing less, that implies that you're already running kind of a loose cafe, that you're doing extra things that you already don't need to be doing. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people are, but if I take, you know, someone like ourselves or some of the, the higher, the big well-known like specialty coffee companies that you think of and look up to, I there's probably not a ton of unnecessary work on the cafe floor itself. Yeah. I would argue that there is a fuckload of unnecessary work probably going on behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. And I'd kind of lump the like doing less and being more efficient together because what that looks like to me is automation. And I've talked to some people who run restaurants and this whole idea of like you may see it more and more is like ordering from a tablet and checking out on a tablet. 
And I was talking to somebody that that's like reduced like two or three positions. Like I went shifts. to a ramen place like that in LA. Yeah. You walk through the corridor, you wait in line, and there's three or four iPads, and you just do 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 customize what you want you sit down and then they bring it to you yeah so that's making the restaurant more productive and hopefully some of that is being passed on to the employees hopefully right and that 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 would be the goal right that is would it, be the goal you just need a certain amount of money as a business owner that you're striving to make and i mean at least how we think about it is that additional money beyond that can be invested into your people yeah that's an interesting point i mean automation is like the big mover because if i if you think about just being more efficient in the more traditional sense let's say you know you have x amount of drinks per minute that you have to get out if you increase that by one or two you increase your speed that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to increase your profitability right the idea is that like over time people would see like oh these people are faster and more people start to come but i don't think that's always necessarily true yeah and with this i always think about um if you read barista hustle and matt perger this is where i want matt perger to open a cafe that's like the most automated cafe just robot yeah city. come on come on matt let's see what you got dude i want to see um matt yeah, I have just a, like like what are you waiting for matt <laughs> yeah because right, you i mean if you read barista hustle he, he talks a lot about automation and things like that so uh, you know i'm like joking but i would like to see right what does the productivity look like in a really automated cafe and i imagine you'd have less people working there but hopefully those people could make more money hopefully right yeah that's the problem with the cafe and that's like the that's like one of the biggest problems with oh, i don't even we, like, I, mean, I was gonna get into the minimum wage next. oh you're gonna get yeah you go there then i'll go where i was yeah, gonna go because yeah. i mean that's something that we're gonna see in california and other states in the country where i mean probably when we were working in coffee in like 2010 11 12 maybe the minimum wage was like nine dollars i think i made nine dollars an hour at ritual right when so, i started and starting just you know, a few weeks ago, it's up to $11 here with the goal over the next three years, I think of minimum wage getting to $15, 15 in California. But if you think of like, there's a minimum amount of money that we or any cafe business needs to run, um, you know, as wages increase, we still really have the same metrics that we need to hit. Um, I guess all else equal, you could talk about raising prices and things like that, and that may happen, but all else equal as the minimum wage goes up. Yeah. You, like, what does it take? What do you do? Like I envision a future probably in California where there are less people working in cafes. Do you have a quick off the top of your head metric for what it looks like if you were going to go the route of, let's say increasing the cost like you were going to do a price raise yeah. to offset like going from yeah. where we are now to that $15 an hour yeah. minimum so those wage are like the options right is to keep to basically increase your labor costs and to increase your prices what is that which can be tough like right? how yeah how much do you think that is I mean if you think about labor going from 10 to $15 that's like a 15 almost like a 50 percent increase maybe because maybe all the costs don't transfer exactly so just rough say it's 50 percent increase in labor in your cafe so you would do somewhat of the equivalent raise in price would no, it have to be it wouldn't have to be that aggressive right? like your you know some uh labor metrics say they're like 25 percent of sales okay right and that doubles and i don't know if i can do the math in my head but i don't think it's a straight equivalent that gotcha. big of an increase in price um but you know, maybe it, but maybe it's 
10 to 20 to 25 percent and i just that's a lot right and then just straight economics is like as you raise the price people buy less so when you say that there's a possibility to see the trend of less people working in cafes what do you think that looks like yeah i'm yeah i mean what do you what do you i mean i think that uh, if that continues to go i think the first thing that'll start to die is the by the cup brewing methods that take a mm, lot of labor yeah. i feel like that's the easiest place to kind of trim the trim the fat yeah. of the cafe i also see which we're seeing already we're seeing already just out of trending i don't know if it has to do with money though do you think uh i mean really i guess you guys are citing that article from like the new york times and i thought like a funny thing in that article is that it cites Stumptown and intelligentsia which are now run by like huge corporations, right. which which are probably looking at it from like a money point of view. Or like this is freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Why would we do this? Yeah. It doesn't make so any like, sense. I feel like that's probably just more a product of like them being owned by J A B, like Pete's right. and and shout out to J A B Holding the, Company, everybody. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Your number one coffee the, provider. <laughs> yeah, totally. They're probably number two. Right? We it's own like specialty. Panera Bread, Dunkin' Donuts, Pete's. Uh, all that stuff is all yeah green Jay. mountain green mountain so Stumptown and intelli pretty sick yeah so yeah that's i mean that's the first thing that comes to mind is that the second thing that comes to mind which doesn't have anything to do with shaving labor necessarily it's almost the opposite which is just reinventing what your business is and kind yeah. of being leaning towards that australian style of cafe to where it's like they're not coffee shops they're fucking restaurants. Yeah, totally. They're like, you know, and you will be, if you're passionate about coffee at some point, you might have to be a restaurant that also mm-hmm. has really epic coffee. Yeah, that's a good point that you kind of see a change in the business model overall as like labor in- as like labor increases that you see more cafe style places. I feel like that's what people like G&B are doing and that's yeah. why they did that. And not that they're not passionate about their food, but they're just like, oh man in this market this is what we need to yeah, survive yeah, in the long term totally. so we're just going to get going on it and yeah. see what happens because there's only without a ton of automation there's only so much you can remove yeah yeah exactly i mean you see kind of what right anyone who works in a cafe or owns a cafe um you know there's like some pretty basic functions that have to be covered <laughs> throughout right. the day to provide like a cool experience for yeah. everyone and there's only like so many limits to like how many people you can run with that and still cover like rushes and good customer service and things like that. The other interesting thing, which I have not seen a good example of this yet, and I'm not sure if this will ever actually happen or if I just want it to be true because this is what I want to do, which is to have something that's supported by a completely other product altogether and you have these community hubs. So like the Benny Gold store in San Francisco, yep. he does coffee by the cup and he does chai and he, he's not trying to be a cafe necessarily but he just wants to engage community activity have a place where people can come hang it's like the new version of like a skate shop where a bunch of people just come and kick it and yeah. have that if you have another product so he runs a clothing brand that can basically it's almost like you're a pop-up but figure out some way to mesh it yeah. well together and totally i think kind of like what we're kind of talking about is maybe like a transition out of seeing more traditional coffee traditional shops, coffee shops into something that's a bit new and a bit different that'd be cool i mean yeah 
I would love to see it go that way and then the complete other way where like that Italian style where you just have a coffee bar. Just a bar. I don't think the US will go yeah. for that with just like three things on the menu and But I think you bring up a good point and it's like a cool opportunity to see somebody really creative and with like a really cool vision to see what they can take a traditional coffee shop model and turn it into in the future to make it work. Yeah, I that's a challenge for everyone. I want to do it. I want to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's hard in the area where retail is just, retail sucks right now. It's just yeah. hard to be in retail. Uh, not even in just in the coffee sense. It's just with so much, you know, direct to consumer. Yeah, for sure. Experiential retail is doing better than Experiential retail clothing, is for sure. Amazonified things. And if you can figure out a way to mash that up. And we're moving next door. So I experienced this the other week, but I was like, dude, fucking i mean i'm sure they do a ton of online business but ikea yeah. like we went to ikea ikea is packed packed full of people who buy all kinds of crazy shit when they leave and it's experiential retail like yeah. you can go you have that interaction you see all the bedrooms like laid out perfectly and this is what your office could look like at the same time you can get a hot dog and a churro and people like are bringing their yeah, families like and they're like hanging out family it, day at ikea yeah it's crazy <laughs> and i'm not saying that's the perfect example but there are examples of that working and yeah. working on a pretty big scale and a lot of people shop ikea because if you've ever tried to buy something online from ikea you know that the shipping is ridiculous yeah it's out of control, so people near those hubs go. So I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah, have like that, that mass IKEA appeal, but <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I do want there to be something like that. Yeah, because I mean, that's maybe like the path forward for higher wages. Is some kind of like more developed concept? Maybe it's scary. It's like people are like, I want to be a barista forever, and it's like, well. The economics suggest that you actually can't, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're digging into it, really, like a career barista in California, that means making like sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, at- and that's where I think in coffee, and this is kind of another thing that potentially to talk about is that's why I kind of feel like we, our company, will always be growing because if you think of the people who just work at a place that just has one shop those economics become even harder for them. Because they're fixed. Yeah. There's never that opening up. Yeah. With yeah. consistent growth, you There's have opportunity con- consistently for people more opportunity. to move into new positions and uh, you're creating more value and there's there's more resources to go around. But for people who work at a place where there's just one shop, I think it's harder and harder to stay there um, over like a longer period because right, how are they really going to increase productivity that much to pay people more? And if there's no growth outside of that one They're not. shop, yeah, yeah, I think that's why you see a lot of turnover in like one shop businesses. For sure, right? It's just part of the game, yeah, unintentionally. Yeah. The other way that you could, this is getting outside of the economics of the cafe, and it outside of retail too. If you're a company, is to offer something that's almost like a passive income some sort of informational product like website plus yeah. you know like um which you've got web very productive business right so you've got web sales that can bolster your in-store sales you need to have a strong brand for that but if you have some sort of information you can sell yeah and you know and i think we want to we want to do that we want to go there i think it's a huge opportunity and i totally believe in the stuff that we do and i feel like 
what we know and what we're learning shows me that we have the opportunity to help other people. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's awesome to be able to affect more people than just your cafe employees. Like I love the people that work for us and being able to see them stoked to come to work every day. But I've always been motivated by feeling like I'm part of something that's like a bigger cultural movement. Yeah, that's a big pillar and, we talk about yeah. even in orientation and like some of the earlier versions is just having that impact on the industry overall. Yeah. And like that being a, a passion for us. It's it's a big thing. So I and I think that's a way that you can that you can move. Yeah, you move right because you're leveraging like a fixed amount of work over like uh kind of ongoing sales. Yeah. Right in that way. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of insane. I yeah. don't even know. I don't even know what to think about it. I don't know what to think. Are you getting ready for your meeting? <laughs> or, <laughs> was, oh, you got more notes. Yeah, yeah I was just I oh. had made some notes before, so I was just making sure we kind of went over everything. Chuck's got a very important meeting in a second oh. with Jared also. <laughs> yeah. um, talk about that. Talk about that productivity ratio. Yeah, no. The only other thing that I've realized in here is like if you right an exam another example of like increasing productivity is like think about why Starbucks wants people to order like to do mobile ordering, right? Because that eliminates essentially the regop. Right. It's like a different version of that paying with a tablet. Yeah. You just do it in your car while you're crashing into someone else yeah, instead so of that's, doing it there. Right. So it's like at these bigger corporations, it's like for sure there's people thinking about that and pushing that because that's yeah, that's reducing their labor. People are ordering directly online. Like I think I read something about like a new Dunkin' Donuts store where Dunkin' Donuts is the second largest coffee chain behind Starbucks, I think. Wow. I think they have like twenty two percent of the market. Wow. And they're coming out, they're dropping the donuts. No off the shit. name and just coming out with like Dunkin', Dunkin'. stores that are more coffee focused. America runs on Dunkin'. But they're doing mobile ordering where there's a dedicated drive through lane oh, for wow. people who order. So there's not that weird like all those people it's huddling like around the corner. But That's how the Starbucks over here is. There's this weird pocket in the back near the bar yeah. where you pick up your mobiles and it's just congested. Yeah, and, and that's, I don't think that's a good experience. I don't think that's a good customer experience, but yeah, just like putting on your Starbucks hat, it's like they're they're trying to figure out how they can increase productivity. And again, it's like hopefully that increase is going to benefit the employees. Uh, I don't know. At our company, it would be. Uh, yeah. Other companies. It's so hard to tell. Sometimes I feel like a grump for not having faith in more people or something. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Hopefully Maybe they're like increasing epic. productivity so their baristas can make more money. That would be amazing to be able to <laughs> yeah. work in coffee and but, make some money out yeah because it. right it's, it's those kinds of things right that's an example of increasing productivity um yeah but i mean again that, like what do you sacrifice for that right it's like i don't think we will ever do that well you sacrifice connection to yeah. what you're it's like it's almost that feeling of when i'm standing in line at a place and i'm waiting and no one said hi to me and then the phone rings there and someone answers that phone and i'm just like i'm fucking right here dude you haven't said shit to me you're talking to this person on the phone oh hey how's it going welcome to blah 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 like yeah. can i take your order it's like take my order i'm here dude i'm invested in your business i like care enough to drive there yeah i don't know yeah for sure it changes the vibe of the cafe yeah, yeah. i could see us go into mobile ordering for maybe pickup orders for the web which i guess is already mobile yeah I don't or know, if that we, didn't like, make sense jared talks about wanting to have a drive like some kind of cafe someday that had like a drive-through yeah just to like totally it'll have to be somewhere up. else yeah. Yeah. yeah not allowed in santa cruz. not allowed in santa cruz you have to be grandfathered into the yeah. drive-through so maybe if we take over the building where um 
Carl's Jr. is. Yeah. We could get <laughs> yeah. there's one Carl's Jr. and one Taco Bell. Yeah, both so, of them are yeah. in horrible locations. Right, because that's the opportunity if you didn't sacrifice your in cafe experience. Yeah, which and you could still have like a really epic drive through experience. But yeah, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine Cat and Cloud and the connection that people have with us when we're in there and then having droves of people come in from outside and just like pick up their drink yeah, and leave. I think that would be harmful for our business. That's pretty like directly against what it, we, it's like not really our like thing. The pillars of our cafe. That's one of those things to where I think if we went down a road like that, what we'd probably see is like increased sales for a while and then things would actually start to decline yeah, because as, no one would be connected with us as a brand at all. Yeah. Because we're not we're not that like just convenience store. Yeah, you know, no, we're more than AMPM. Not what we want. No, dude. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, I think that was kind of what we wanted. Brilliant to talk breakdown about with the article, right? I like this. I love that we're doing an article. I'm kind of just going to put it on you that you should just keep sending these over, <laughs> yeah, and whenever cool. you send one over, we'll have it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a good one, right? We talk about this with our staff. Like, how can we pay them more money? Right. In a good way in that like it's for us to figure out, but it's for you to figure out too, things to think about, especially yeah. if you're in leadership. Like, you know, how the um cafe managers have the autonomy to be flexible with their labor and their schedule. Like they need to meet these certain numbers, but if they can increase their their bottom line, yeah. increase their productivity somehow, brainstorm on how to do that. Yeah. You know, I think that's cool. Yeah, it's super worthwhile. It's for sure worthwhile. Yeah. And I'll do I'll just on the last thing on that is like Sometimes it's so hard. I feel like talking with our managers and people in leadership who are constantly working in the business, mm -hmm. but like finding, trying to find, setting some time, like maybe it's making a meeting with yourself. Like I do it in my schedule to so that you can work on, on the, business the business instead of in the business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do it with myself in my calendar. I'll set like a meeting with myself for something that I know I need to like schedule time for. I won't do on my own. It's hard to, th you can't think about that stuff when you're on the floor or yeah. and put it together in a really, really meaningful way. Yeah. It's super hard. My after lunch time is my favorite thinking time. Where yeah. I just, I just get like two hours that I'm just like, this is my thinking time. Yeah. I do a lot of driving. So, yeah. I do a lot of thinking while I'm driving. Thinking's the best. <laughs> I love thinking. <laughs> well, everybody, this on has been uh, Chuck edition number two. Let us know what you want from the Chuck. He's got all the answers. And he's willing to share. So I feel like I had some other weird ass update, but I don't think I do, man. Uh, New coffees? Like the, we could, I don't know if you want to talk oh. super quick about the Columbia. Yeah, plant that seed. Yeah. So we are going to have this um, really exciting coffee coming on our menu. It's a really, really small lot because it was a, kind of an experimental project and we can talk about more, but it's um, currently an unknown vari variety. So sick. Um, it's kind of a mutation out of a previous variety, and there's a lot of tests going on by the people involved to find out what it is. But I'm so uh, hyped on yeah, that. Yeah, and it's like they're kind of keeping the farmer a secret too. Do we just call it like Farmer X? X. <laughs> X never <laughs> but ever marks the spot. But uh, I suppose it's like really. It's quality. Quality coffee, really amazing. And so I'm excited to kind of like talk to our staff and. So we're gonna get 50 pounds of it. Yep. And we're gonna roast it. Yeah. That's so gangster. Yeah, probably. February, early February, probably. I'm that's like right up my wheelhouse. Yeah, dude, you just like put something in the roast. You like develop this plan. You're like, okay, here are all these things. This cup, you know what I mean? You don't have any of those clues. Yeah, 
You're not like, oh, this is SL28 or, oh, this is like an Ethiopia heirloom or whatever. Yeah, you're like, you're just fucking, you just got to go for it. We do some of those roasts together where it's like, yeah, so those are the most something new in and just see what happens. Those are the most fun ones for me where you're just like, it's so interactive and it's so like, I even like having two people on those (laughs) and have someone run the cropster part of like, logging the information yeah. and then i'll just be on the gas because sometimes it's hard to type because you want to keep all the notes you yeah. know because you're going to learn something so have like a typer be like cool mark two there mark this there this there this there and it's like a team thing love having those experiences we'll like taste it and adjust and taste it and adjust yeah i love it was funny because when we were talking i was talking with jen when she was roasting coffee yesterday jen swin she's crushing it while great sir our head roasters out. Jen's been, she's coming up in the game. Yeah. She's been doing a lot of she's good doing work. A great job. A lot of really good work and the coffee tasting really good. And more so than the coffee tasting good, she can identify what changes need to be made. Yeah. You know, she's really good at knowing like, hey, this is how I feel about this one. Let's talk about it. And the fact that she's just like identifying that something needs to be talked about is super huge. That's huge. Because a lot of a lot of people, I know a lot of roasters can kind of get on autopilot, you know? Yeah. So to have someone who's just like really engaged in the process has been super rad. And it's, I've been making just these little journeys just to go talk to her. Yeah. Because it's just like, you just get to geek out on it and it's super fun. But we'll, we'll chew on beans together and, be like yeah i think yeah. this one's the one that we were on a run for production and she's like yeah i agree that Dude, one's yeah. that's so cool yeah so. i love that part of what we get to do oh yeah it's the best it's the best tooth that happened to me yesterday and then something else happened too which was barbara made me my little tiny americano yeah. decaf and i don't know what happened it was so good killer i went back in because i was tripping she does does an awesome job because i know what the coffee tastes like right so i'm like very familiar and i was just like is this decaf it looked like decaf you know like the crema's got a certain color it's got the weight and then i went back to double check and i was like i think this is decaf but i'm just making sure because this tastes really alive man i really want everyone to give some more attention to decaf because the people that drink decaf i mean they're the ones who just love coffee for how it tastes it, right, yeah. it's like they're not even people. Some people need it for the caffeine, and and right, it's very like caffeine driven. But people that drink decaf, they just love how they're just coffee tastes. lovers. Yeah. I drink decaf every day, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. My mom has a I don't know doctor's orders, so she can only drink decaf, and she loves coffee and she appreciates it. Yeah, and that's one of the things we good decaf. try to focus on is really finding really good decaf coffee. And we've heard from customers that they really like they like the decaf. The decaf. I like so the decaf that too. It's good. Me out. And so just make sure baristas when you're there, you got to be dialing that thing in, okay? You can't. I know what you're doing. Don't neglect the decaf. You're just like not purging the grinder. You're just putting a bunch of coffee in there, <laughs> and if it pulls really slow, you just pull it for 45 seconds and serve it anyway. You just don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. This is the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. We're out of here. Out. <laughs>